a very old legend and the crime that inspired it. This is the story of El Hombre del Saco. Stories, folklore, legends, leyendas, cuentos y más. This is Spooky Tales. Listen, escuchen at your own risk. And I'm Christina. And I'm MJ. And this is episode nine of a Spooky Tales. Already. Right? We're close to 10. What? This is definitely a milestone. Even like, you know, people are like, oh, I have 500. But like for us, it's a milestone. 10. <laughs> 10, 10 is important. Yes. <laughs> Today's episode is about El Hombre del Saco, or in English, the sack man. The bag man? The bag, I don't know. I don't, who knows? <laughs> Does bag man sound better than sack man? <laughs> it all sounds terrible. <laughs> this legend, well, we're finally stepping outside of the Mexico's El Salvador, Guatemala, Central America region, because <laughs> everything we've talked about has stayed there. Um, so this can be heard in mostly in Spain, Brazil, Portugal, Chile, and Argentina. Although in Chile and Argentina, it's el viejo del saco, the old man with the bag. Mm -hmm. Sack? No. <laughs> the tale, it can be heard in other countries like Mexico and El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, but it's not as common there because there we have what we all know as el cucuy or el coco, and el cucuy and el coco is the one who steals all the kids in these countries. So I think that's why... I didn't know about El Hombre del Saco. Did did you? No. Um, when you said that, I was like, I mean, I have like images in my head of what it could be, but it always went to like El Cucu, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the one that we get threatened with. Although I will say my parents never, never did that. I don't remember, but they probably did. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember being at sleepovers at like my cousin's house and they'd be like, si no se callen, el cucuy is going to take you. So that's why I know about el, el cucuy. Oh, but in like Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, this legend is more often referred to as el robachicos. And I still didn't hear, never, I'd never heard about it either. Me either. I've even with that name, I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, what is that? But what's super interesting about this legend is that there's an actual crime that took place that um, made the legend blow up even more than it was already told to kids. So that's going to make our episode kind of true crime dwell into the true crime arena for today. <laughs> mm hmm. I love true crime. Me too. And that's like, we should, probably shouldn't, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It probably scares our husbands. So, on to the story. El Hombre de Coco in Spain is depicted as an old man with a large bag, and he uses his bag to kidnap children. He's ugly, skinny, and eats the children he kidnaps. And it's always children that misbehave. <laughs> always. In Brazil and Portugal, he's a tall, scary-looking man, not old. He collects mean children for evil purposes that are not, they don't go into detail as to what these purposes are. They're just evil purposes. In Chile and Argentina, El Viejo del Saco is not a mythical creature. He's not like this unknown 
legend. He is, or not a creature from like a legend. He's an old man that walks around your neighborhood during dinner time that looks for children. And he's in the stories. He's it's said that he's a psychotic murderer that society allows to take bad children or children that are disappointments to their parents. What? <laughs> yeah. That's so That's weird. the story they tell in Chile and Argentina. And that's horrible. That's horrible. It's very trauma-inducing, right? Yeah, I'd be like, what? That's why I prefer El, cu- el Cucuy, honestly. Because it's not... It's like this boogeyman. It's not like an actual man that's taking people. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> you do you, Chile. <laughs> you do you. Though. Right? Yeah. But, um, I mean, all these stories, and even La Llorona has become this. They're all, like, stories told to get children to behave. They need to do one for adults, because some of y'all be wild then. Trump? Trumpas? If you don't <laughs> behave yourself, El Hombre del Saco is going to take you. You would have already taken them if you were real, so. I know. It is believed that before the murder that took place in the fifth, in the, what year was it? Well, I'll go on. Oh, 1910. So um, in Spain, before this murder happened, the legend of the old man with the sack or El Hombre del Saco evolved from back in the 15th and 16th centuries when a man was in charge of collecting babies to take to orphanages, this man would place the babies in a bag. Um, first of all, what the fuck? <laughs> why would you, why would you I, place I a bunch of that. babies into a bag? Like, So obviously the babies would die in transportation um, because they can't fucking breathe in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> we should not be laughing about that. No, we should. But who, who were people just this dumb back then? I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> have you yeah. seen people how dumb they are today? <laughs> True. Yeah, he would place these poor babies into the orphanages, and all these babies died in transportation before reaching the orphanage. And so they would then tell stories. Oh, this man's gonna take you and kill you because he this the people doing this were accident accidentally. Was it an accident? I don't know. It was. You're placing a baby into a bag. What are they- a bunch of babies into the same bag. That's just terrible. What is that called, though? Uh, a neglect. <laughs> that was an intentional yeah. neglect. I guess there was just a lot of problems, as there still are now, but back then. So this is just how they transported babies. Just- well, you know, they used to ship kids through uh, the post office. And you put a stamp. Really? Yeah, you never heard that? Like, back in the turn of no. the century, like, I don't know, like, I want to say, like, uh, around the Great Depression and stuff, I think, I'm pretty sure, or if not the Great Depression, when black and white photos were first developed, which was, like, what, 18-something? I don't know the exact date. But you could see pictures of postal workers carrying <laughs> a baby from one place to another, transporting them across the United States with a freaking stamp on the baby. Wow. Okay. So this makes sense. This makes more sense now. So yeah, this is how babies are transported. And thus the legend of El Hombre del Saco, the man with the bag, evolved. Like that's just Um, irresponsible, you guys. Don't do that. Right? People don't place a lot of babies into one bag to carry them from one place to another. Don't put a stamp on your baby's forehead. (laughs) right and uh so yeah so parents would tell this story of this uh legend that would take them if they didn't behave and now the uh, crime that inspired the story in 
So the crime that inspired this legend to uh, grow even more than it had in uh, 1910 in Spain. And I, this is confusing because I don't know if it's a town, city, state, and then country. I don't know how they write their things, but it said Gator Andaluisa España, whatever that is. I, Gator, I think might be the city. Mm-hmm. Andaluisa might be like the province and Spain, Spain. I'm not sure. I okay. know I've heard of Anda, Andaluisa. It's also like connected to an accent, to a Spanish accent. So I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's a province though. I might be wrong. Oh, okay. Well, this is where it occurred. So during this time in this in the 1900s, it was believed that drinking the blood of a child and using their body fat to spread all over the body cured tuberculosis. And so a man named Francisco Ortega, whose nickname was The Moor, like M-O-O-R. Oh, uh, that is um, a race of people like that. That Spain and Middle Easterns, you know how they had that, like, uh, I, was it Turkish people that they had? No. Oh, no. I don't know. But you know, like, Spain had that war for, like, 700 oh, yeah, years, yeah, yeah. and there was the Spanish, and then there was the Mo- the Moors. Um, I'm actually, I could trace my lineage back to, like, a, a, a Moor a person or whatever, but it's like a mix. Now they're all mixed, but I'm pretty sure they meant it as like a, almost like a racial slur. Like he was probably. Wow. And so this was his nickname. Yeah. He was probably a dark skinned person. They, this would have been used as an insult. An, well, pro- probably. Okay. Okay. So Francisco Ortega had tuberculosis and he was desperate to find a cure. So he went to a curandera, a healer named Agustina Rodriguez and she then sent him to Francisco Leona, who was a barber and also a curandero, a healer. And um, Leona told Francisco Ortega that he would cure him for 3,000 reales, their money, which uh, at the time would have been like $1,300, I think, if I um, Googled this correctly, which I might have not. <laughs> so then Leona went to uh, Agustina Rodriguez's son, Julio, who was nicknamed El Tonto, the fool, Hernández. <laughs> tonto Hernández. Yeah. And Julio, who, should I refer to him as Julio or El Tonto? I don't know. No. I'll call him Julio. Anyway, <laughs> he told Leona that he could find a child for the cure. And so on uh, June 27th, 1910, they both went to oh my god i did not write down where they took him from but they didn't take this kid they took the kid from another province um so on this day leona used chloroform to drug bernando oh my god bernardo i keep wanting to put an n there because i think that's more accurate yeah the name i know yeah but his name is bernardo gonzalez para a seven-year-old and after drugging him, they placed him in a sack. And then um, the brother of Julio, which is, um, I don't know if I mentioned, but Agustina Rodriguez, the healer that Ortega first seeked, it's her son. And this son was the one to go uh, get uh, Ortega to tell him they had a child. So after that, they took little Bernardo out of the sack. And he was still dazed and confused because of the chloroform. And so then he was stabbed by Leona, 
Ortega then proceeded to mix Bernardo's blood with sugar and drink it. And poor Bernardo was still alive during all of this. Um, after this, he was taken to a different place, a different location called Las Posicas. And this is where Leona and Julio murdered him. They crushed his skull with a rock. And then they removed his body fat to give to Ortega to put all over his body. Once this was done, they hid Bernardo's body in a crevice and covered it with herbs and stones, but they didn't dig or anything, so it was, like, not well hidden. After that, Leona tried to uh, skimp out on Julio el Tonto and not give him his cut of the money. And so then Julio went to the authorities and disclosed to them, I found a body while bird chasing. Uh, <laughs> What? Strange excuse. Yeah, he said he was chasing birds. And then officials went to take Leona into custody, and the whole town was ready to give him up. They were like, here he is, right here. And during the court proceedings, Leona indicted Julio and Ortega, and so did Julio. He, they all snitched out on each other. And then uh, all three of them received death sentences. Julio was later pardoned on grounds of insanity after a psychiatric report. So, yeah, that is what happened to all of them. I don't know that anything happened to Agustina, which I guess she didn't do anything except lead Ortega to the two people that helped him commit the murder. That is, like, such a... Just, like, a weird way of thinking, like... I mean, and when 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 did this take place again? 1910. It's still so very super, like, really super superstitious for the like the kind of thinking that was going on then i guess the guy francisco ortega was like just desperate for a cure and i don't know how i mean did he already know about this was this like commonly known did he like dig and dig and like oh maybe this will cure me i don't know well you know how there's like those uh como se dice los curanderos and then they tell you a bunch of stuff and then people who are in desperate need seek their advice so he probably like just heard it through word of mouth and it's not to give curanderos a bad rap no because it is a legitimate thing however there are people that you know will take out take advantage and yes make it something darker and like here yeah they they i mean like again like we always tell you that it depends on the person the personality of the, the person who's practicing their craft i guess not everybody yeah, because there's good and bad yeah and that was like wow I'm, i never heard of that story me neither yeah yeah so after this crime occurred and there because there was an actual man who put a child into a bag then the legend of el hombre del saco uh was like told even more in spain and so you know more children were afraid of this happening as as well as adults because you know they saw it happen that's a horrible way to die though yeah, and the poor, poor child was still alive during the oh, first God, part of yeah. it. Pobrecito. But I could also see why it's, like, such a big thing in, like, Spain. Because Spain is, like, a small country. When something happens like that, I'm pretty sure it's, like, it go like it affects everyone within that country, you know? like Right, yeah. But while we were researching this story, we learned that there are many, many versions of I guess, I don't know, monsters just love taking children. I guess, I mean, these stories are often used as a, as most, as a lot of stories, you know, they're used to uh, teach, uh, what's it called, Soci societal rules. 
So like, don't misbehave, respect your parents. So I guess that's why there's so many stories involving children being taken, which uh, you're going to tell us a little about a little bit about is what I was trying to say. Yeah, the Sackman, like they're stories around the world like different sometimes it's people sometimes it's creatures i guess and they all pretty much do the same thing they have a sack they take children okay so the sack man is very similar to the boogeyman a figure that is said to haunt children in georgia did i say it right in georgia and oh is that how you say it i thought it was georgia 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 well, the country, yeah, like, yeah, it's like right? the country, okay. but I think it's pronounced the same as our state. In Georgia and Armenia, they have the bag man who puts bad behaved children in his bag and kidnaps them. This is very similar to the boogeyman legend seen here in the States. I never even heard of, I heard of the kukui, but I never made the connection. Wait, wait, there's a boogeyman in the United States that takes kids too? That's not a kukui? I thought, it, no, I thought yeah. the boogeyman was just like... El Cucuy or El Coco translated into English. Is that not it? Well, from what I know, the boogeyman lives under your bed or in your closet. Oh. It's not like... Well, it- and some versions of El Cucuy do, but then other versions of El Coco, he's on rooftops. No, no. from Because from what I... Okay, I never grew up with a boogeyman. Like, I heard it from my white american friends but the boogeyman's supposed to live in your closet like you know he's the one that like when you're a child and you look at the dark closet you see something that's the boogeyman you know the monster oh. under your bed is the boogeyman so always- okay so if you're like non-latinx it's the boogeyman that does this and yeah. if you are it's a latino cucuy. latina it's el cucu you're yeah. el coco yeah okay. so i didn't grow up with this but you know the friends who did was like it was always like oh the boogeyman's gonna get you but from what i know it would live either in the closet or under the bed if anybody wants to correct me i am or tell us boogeyman experiences <laughs> let us know but yeah in russia ukraine and belarus is that how you pronounce it maybe i don't know yeah he is known as the babe uh, Babe is an old man or monster with a sack that lives under their bed that takes them away if they misbehave. So that's a little bit similar oh, to the boogeyman. In, under the bed, okay. In Turkey, they have a legend of the sack man known as... I'm going to butcher this, people, okay? I I looked and looked for <laughs> how to pronounce this word, and I cannot find it. So whoever, if you guys listen and you're Turkish, I am so sorry. Just in case. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> Car... Car- Keet? Karkeet? How do you spell it? K-H-A-R-Q-Y-T. Oh, okay. That's how I would say it. But again, we could both be wrong. Uh, yeah, like correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> I, yeah. did, I did my best. <laughs> uh, the Karkeet is depicted as an old man with a sack who takes children to sell them or eat them. In Hungary, hung, is it Hungary or Hungary? I don't, Hungary? Hungary? Hung- Oh, my oh, God, we're, we're gonna, so bad at We're going to get attacked. <laughs> it's mean and spelled Hungary, but I've heard people say Hungary. I have and oh, my yeah. brain. I've always said Hungary. 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 Like a... You know what? I haven't... Why? I don't say this word, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. In Hungary, he is known as Jaco's Ember. Unfortunately, there was no backstory to this in English or Spanish, but from the artwork on Google where you look up Jaco's Ember, it depicts El Hombre del Saco, you know, the, the sack man, old man carrying a bag. 
and he puts children in it. But yeah. Oh, um, okay. So uh, it's the same picture. Yeah. So Jacques Ember translates to boogeyman. However, the literal translation is person with the sack. In Poland, he is known as the Bebok, Babok, or Bobok, where the Polish. Wait, 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 hold on. I found, I may have found a little bit more on this. Um, okay, that's strange. So um, this thing on Reddit popped up that said, today I learned. Hungary has an equivalent of the boogeyman known as um, that thing you just uh, said. Jackos. Jackos. Yes. And then, but it says a giant owl with a copper penis. And I don't what? know where they got this from. <laughs> with a what? A copper penis. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine an owl? How terrifying. Right? And you add the copper <laughs> penis to, to, oh my God. The Hungarian equivalent of the boogeyman is the mumus. And, oh, I okay. heard of the mumus So there's too. two. So, yeah. so the mumus, which is a monster-like creature, and the Zako's ember, the one you just said, a man with a sack, which is the literal meaning of his name. And then there's a third creature called the Resfazu Bagoli copper penis owl, a giant owl with a copper penis. But it doesn't tell me more. But wow. <laughs> I am shooketh. Oh, this this episode just took a whole new turn. I would rather encounter El Coco than this thing. Oh my god, that would be terrifying. Like, imagine you just see an owl and like a copper penis. Like, what the f- hungry? What is going on over there? Are you are you guys okay? If please, if someone knows someone from Hungary or who's familiar with Hungarian folklore that can tell us more, connect us, please. We want to learn more. I do. I do. Can we even go on with the rest of this episode? I think we're done. I think (laughs) this is it. There's no recovering from this. Oh my god! I'm gonna look up like pictures of this owl. (laughs) This episode has now become one of my favorites. Okay, let's go. Let's continue. Just letting you guys know, there's there's nothing more exciting than this. This is it. In Poland, he is known as the Bebok. Babok or Bobok, where the Polish sack man is different is that the Bobok is the height of a child. This particular boogeyman is hairy, old, and ugly with a big head. It comes for children who do not want to sleep or misbehave. It is believed that the Bebok is too stupid, so the Bebok helps witches steal children. Where the others Oh yeah, where the other sackmen seem to act on their own, this one does the bidding of witches. It is believed. Oh, that's new. Okay. Yeah, that one. My bad. I keep interrupting you. <laughs> it's okay. It is believed that the Bebok are souls of the children who died early. Perhaps even the children the witches took. It is thought that the Bebok likes creating mischief and breaking things in the homes of their victims. Once they are done wreaking havoc, they take the disobedient child with them. The Bebok were also classified under vampiric-like creatures, which I thought was weird because it didn't go into what? anything under than that. Wow. So parts of them kind of make me think of duendes. Yeah. Because duendes are said to be uh, the souls of um, aborted children trying to rejoin the family. And they also I've heard uh, of that. wreak havoc, you know? Yeah. yeah I don't, yeah, that's that's weird. And now we get into probably one of the most interesting boogeyman lore legends that I found. Um, in South Africa, they have the Anki swimmers, spelled Anki is spelled A-N-T-J-I-E, and swimmers, S-O-M-E-R-S. 
So it was like my brain wanted to say Aunt Gia Somers, but I looked it up and I think I got the pronunciation correct. The legend I found dates back to August 10th, 1866. It is believed that Anki Swimmers is a man who wore women's clothing as a disguise. He was a bandit and an outlaw and dressed in, in the woman's clothes so, you know, he could hide. He would attack those who traveled during the night. And when he was in disguise, he would scare children. Oh. So that's okay. where the, the children thing comes in. The scaring, yeah, yeah, scaring children. Most of his attacks were in the summer. It was just like, that's what they think, that, that all his attacks, like um, Anki Swimmers attacks you during the summer. In some stories, his un- original name is Andres. Now, Andres was a very successful fisherman, and another fisherman was jealous of him. They fight, and the other fisherman hits his head and dies. He disguises himself in his sister clo- his sister's clothing and becomes an outlaw. Runs away, you know, from the crime oh. he committed. Andres would terrorize nearby towns, particularly in the summer. In another version, Andres is an executioner. When capital punishment and torture became outlawed, he found himself jobless. He became a bitter old man who would dress in women's clothing and scare children. Again, especially during the summer. I think after Andres started to dress as a woman, though, he, um, I should say she took female pronouns because even though this is a legend, uh, South Africans do think of her as a woman this sounds like it's rooted in transphobia i uh, it might be like this uh, this is a really old oh i mean it goes back to i think the the story of anki summers goes back to anki swimmers goes back to a long time so it could possibly be so yeah because south africa has its problem yeah mm-hmm. okay so anki swimmers may have started out as a man who wore clothing However, as again I stated, uh, uh, South Africans label her as a woman. Andres, the name, and, I mean, Andres, the name, turned into Anki, and his favorite season was summer, which turned into swimmers. I don't know the South African word for summer, but this is literally all the, the website said. So Andres became Anki swimmers after she started wearing female clothing. She continued to attack children. And, you know, went crazy because she lost her job as an executioner for whatever reason. So she decided on doing one last execution and hung herself on top of Queen Victoria Street in Cape Town. Wow. It has evolved now into a woman that comes at night to steal bad children. She places them in her sack, kidnaps them, and they are never seen or heard from again. And there's a nursery rhyme, which um, is... Translated into English, and it's very short, but this is what uh, some South Africans tell their uh, children is, Anki swimmers will catch you. She will stuff you in a sack, and you will never be heard from again. Okay, that is worse than the lullaby about El Coco. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, weird, but, you know, South Africa, you do you. Like, I thought El Coco was traumatizing lullaby to tell kids. Sleep, child, sleep now, else Coco comes and will eat you. I would be more scared of Anki Summers just hearing that. (laughs) It is like the shortest little nursery rhyme, but this is like something they either sing or tell their children, you know, to have them go to bed. I don't understand. I've never told any of my kids any like scary nursery rhymes. 
My dad will totally hold Mateo and be like, duermete niño, duermete ya, que viene el coco y te comerá. And Mateo just laughs and he's like, coco, coco. <laughs> My parents used to, used to t- like sing that to me. They would never do it to their grandkids though. Was that was that the last boogeyman? That was the last boogeyman. Um, I'm sure there's more, but like I said, there's uh, from around the world besides the American one. They really don't have much like translations from other stories. Like they have like the the gist of it, but like the entire backstory was so hard to find. Like the like I'm uh, I'm glad you found the one from South Africa though. That was very interesting and I'm I still feel like it's rooted in transphobia. Oh well of course. I mean look at it today, yeah. but there's still so much transphobia and I'm like I'm gonna put this out there. It is so creepy to care what is going on in other people's pants. Like that's some sexual predator type energy y'all ha- y'all transphobics have going on. I said right. what I said. Like, that's just so weird. Like, oh, I'm going to care what, what's in your, you know, what generals. I'm like, okay, that's. It's so weird to just, yeah, hate someone because they decide that the they were born to be someone else. You know, I don't get it. I don't know. And, and it's like creepy. It's so like strange. And I'm always yeah. like, I don't even care what the hell you do in your private life. Like, it doesn't right. bother me. Yeah. If it makes you happy, congratulations. But yeah, I feel like that is everything we have on El Hombre del Saco and Boogeyman Around the World, which is very fun to learn about. I didn't know about them. so Yeah, and I will try to look up more information on the owl with the copper penis. And I will <laughs> keep, I'll, you know, keep Christina updated and stuff and... If we find pictures, we'll share them on our socials. Yeah, we'll share them for our spookies. Yes. Next episode, we'll be exploring um, haunted mines, mine ghosts and mines. Yeah. Mining ha- towns, ghosts and mining towns. Yeah, ghosts and mining towns, because I think it's all connected. I think like um, in a lot of, uh, you know, haunted mines thing is not just the mind. Mind? <laughs> mine, mine, M-I-N-E. <laughs> It's not just the mine that's haunted. It's very often the town, too. Like, there's this connection. Yeah, and they're usually ghost towns. And we're going to have our first guest who's going to share his experience. So, so exciting for that. And in the meantime, follow us on our socials. They're all linked in the show notes. Um, And if you are loving this, you know, feel free to leave us a five-star review either on Apple Podcasts or it's just on our website at spookytales.com. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) Let's see. Because I like to finish it off with like to tie it with what we spoke about today. So um, make sure you're home before dinner so that El Hombre del Saco, the sack man, does not steal you. Yes, and eat your vegetables because he definitely for sure doesn't like people who don't eat their vegetables. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.